Welcome back to the Ads and Dunks podcast, exclusively brought to you by the Oz American Aces. My name's obviously Adam Trelaw. My co-host and best mate, Josh Dunkley. How are you, mate? I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm good. You're, you're, you're sporting a nice shiner there in your eye. Um, you want to uh, let us know how you're feeling? I actually didn't see the incident. What actually happened? Yeah, so unfortunately, in the last quarter, a um, bit of a head clash with Kitty Coleman. So he uh, definitely came off worse for wear and uh, <laughs> I sort of walked away from it. You should see his face, mate. His face is like no good. fully... Oh, oh like under joking. his eyes, just all puffed up. So he's out did with he cu- the did, concussion. So did I'm he come sure. off with the concussion rule? Did he? Oh, must be that so, big fat um, head of yours. Yeah, I know, mate. Just, just uh, Panda probably gave me his head. <laughs> <laughs> you've, you've definitely got Panda's legs, and you've definitely got his head. Yeah, nah, that's good. But nah, touching on round one, mate. Let's have a chat. Obviously, it was a bit of a disappointing um, week for the both of us. You. You played well yourself um, individually, but run us through your game first, and then I'll talk about ours. Yeah, oh, very disappointing. Um, it definitely wasn't what we uh, anticipated, or what? Well, not not that what we anticipated. We we clearly expected them to come out, um, and play the way that they did. Um, it definitely was a game of momentum in that first half. They uh, they started off really well, and and then we were able to wrestle that back a little bit, and then. Um, we seemed to hit the lead and, and, you know, we were peppering away a bit and we weren't able to kick a goal, but, um, we were just clawing away. And, um, I think we got to about 10 points in front and I don't know whether it was, um, we took them lightly from then on after that. Um, you know, there was definitely periods there where, where we should have played better. And, um, as I said, it's a game of momentum. And, um, once they hit their lead late in that second, I think, they took all that momentum into halftime and, and yeah, really hit the ground running after that. And, and as you know, um, from previous um, history being here and, and playing against Melbourne, they always seem to find a, another gear against us and um, they definitely did. Uh, and I think what really hurt us as well is we, we allowed um, red time goals or goals late in the quarter that, that really hurt us. And um, it's, it's, you know, to be a really good side, you got to be able to consistently play um, from that first bounce to the very last bounce or to the very last siren. And we just weren't able to do that. Um, you know, I think we kicked at a, at an all-time low in terms of percentage, um, which is not us. We uh, we pride ourselves on um, on our skills and, and being able to use both feet and um, be, be able to be damaging, especially off halfback with the ball users that we have and the guys inside. So, yeah, it was all in all a pretty disappointing performance. Um, it's not what we wanted to – be about and, and not how we want to play. So um, it doesn't uh, get any easier. We've got a game obviously this week against St Kilda, who um, you know who knocked off a really good side in Fremantle, and, and were extremely impressive in the way that they played on the weekend, the way they were able to move the footy through them. So um, yeah, we definitely licked our uh, licked our wounds a little bit on Monday in, in the review. And um, as you've as I know you've been through a few reviews with Bevo after <laughs> with the smile that you got going on. <laughs> after a, after a tough loss, so um, yeah, we've got a good training session this week. We'll put into practice what we need to work on. What about yourself? Obviously, uh, didn't get to see much of the game. I've seen the first five minutes just to watch you run around in the number five, but then yeah, obviously seeing the result um, wasn't ideal. Nah, very similar to what you just touched on, mate. We could never get our game up and going. And um, credit to Port Adelaide. I mean, they brought the heat right from the start and. Um, really challenged us, I suppose, the the inside work of um, some of their players through there and and then they, they just, you know, contested marking. They beat us all over the ground and we just couldn't get anything going, unfortunately. But we know that we're not – we know that we're better than that, I think, the the way that we've sort of come out of it and reviewed it. Um, 
it's very unexpected sort of stuff that you you know we can control ourselves so looking forward to obviously playing against the D's who you had on last week on Friday night um, at the Gabba so first home game for me and first home game for us this year and looking forward to the challenge obviously they're one of the great sides and um, very highly touted this year so no better way to bounce back against a really strong competitor this year I think outside of um, obviously not winning and and you guys being pretty disappointed. Was it good to be able to play your first game officially as a Brisbane Lions player? Yeah, it was. It was nice. I mean, you get jumper presentation pre-game and you pull on the jumper officially for the first time. And um, I was I was very grateful. Huey McCluggage presented my jumper, and um, it was just nice to be able to you know you feel part of the the family now. And um, now you played that one game, it's out the way and. You sort of just look forward now into into what's next, and obviously, as I mentioned, it's the D's on Friday night. But it is a great feeling to be able to run out and um, pull on the jumper for the first time and represent the the great footy club that the Brisbane yeah. Lions is. So I know what it's like playing over there in front of um, you know the Adelaide fans, and and in particular the Port Adelaide fans. They're they're a brutal bunch. Um, mm. Do you reckon that had a a bit of a say in 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 how they were playing and? Um, I guess the momentum shifts that they had because it's as I said they're a brutal bunch of fans. Yeah, they are. Well, we we played over there last year and I remember we gave up a string of goals. I think we kicked the first few goals and then mm. gave up a mm. string of goals in that third quarter. And it was very similar for us like um last game. The way that we we sort of got it, got to half time, we were two goals up I think at half time and then they kicked one just before half time so had the momentum yeah. going into the break and uh the crowd was up and about so then they came out in the third quarter and kicked i think they kicked you know six goals or something Eight. like just like that yeah it was it was quick and yeah so just it, yeah it was disappointing as i mentioned but individually uh just couldn't yeah really get it, get into it we we didn't get many of the much of the footy um so it was a tough day at the office but look forward to hopefully bouncing <laughs> back this week do you know what's funny about that game you brought up last year? You just made me think. That was the game where I had, a, I had about 40 lozenges throughout the game. Do you remember I was crook ass? <laughs> yes. I felt like I was on my deathbed. I, yeah. I, um, I was actually crook. I had the flu and um, I actually went into the emergency. Remember I got back on the Friday and on the Saturday and went into emergency. I just remember having the lozenges. It's a, it's a joke that I joke about with Bally, our physio, and, um, and the doctor still. <laughs> I remember. Yeah, I remember, I remember that. You looking at me. You looking at me like – Whoa, are you all right, mate? <laughs> I remember running into you in the hallway just before the game and you were you walking into your room and you were cooked. <laughs> and I was so like, good. oh, wow. Uh, one, other, one other thing I have to touch on. Just one more time, one more thing about your game. Um, obviously, Jason Horn Francis' first game as a, uh, as a Port Adelaide player. Um, I've uh, I seen some highlights. He, uh, geez, he looked unreal. I heard someone say, I heard one of the commentators say, with the with the um, with the shirt tucked in and the and the shorts pulled up, he looks a bit like Nathan Buckley and played a bit like Nathan Buckley. I don't mind the comparison because obviously Bucks is one of one of the greatest players of of all time. Deezy looked good. He did, mate. He was he's very good. <laughs> I mean, the his ability on the inside to be really strong in the contest, but then his leg speed to sort of get himself out was um, very impressive. So. Uh, we probably didn't help ourselves in trying to stop him because we weren't very good around the source and away from it. So, uh, yeah, we sort of gave him free reign a little bit, which was disappointing from our, you know, um, you know, or from our regard. But yeah, it was it was uh, it was pretty impressive to watch him uh, first up in the in the port jersey for the first time and and see him sort of tear us apart. 
So, um, yeah, he's going to be a player to watch uh, moving no. forward. And I think that, uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing him, how he goes. Tear us apart, no pun intended, obviously, because that's obviously what Port Adelaide's. Never tear us apart. <laughs> that's their, uh, their slogan that they do. But, um, no, nah, he looked impressive. Yeah, he was good. He was good. But, yeah, I was, you'd sort of touched on what you, you guys could have done better. But um, is there anything that stood out, like something you might need to tell me, mate, to, for this week with the Ds? Oh, yeah. Maybe after we're done with this potty, I'll give you a call and we'll chat for an hour about it. Um, <laughs> but no, I think obviously it was the first time Brody and Maxi Gorn played together and, you know, that's going to clearly be a weapon for them going forward. Their centre bounce work was something that we wanted to nullify and stop and, um, you know, there were times where we, we were able to but then there were times when you just couldn't because of the quality of the player that they are and, and the quality that they have inside. Um you know, the scary thing for you guys is is the I think I read today there's Jack Viney, Christian Salem, Stephen May, and um, Bailey Fritz still to come in. Um, you know, which is pretty scary and daunting for you guys. But um, yeah, I, I think you know you, you've played them against them um, too many times to know uh, you know how good they are. And and if you give them, I guess, momentum and an advantage, um, they're going to take that. And and before you know it, they'll have four or five goals piled on. Um, you know, you can talk about the likes of obviously Christian Petrarca and Clayton Oliver inside who get the job done. But, you know, um, Spargo went through there. Um, Tommy Sparrow went through there. There's guys that, um, you know, that probably aren't as well known, but who, you know, because of the, the quality of their teammates, they get the job done. So you're definitely going to have your hands full with those guys. But, um, you know, I think your contest is going to be a great contest. I think, um, you know, I think there's no better contest to have off the back of, one, Melbourne playing so well, but then you guys obviously not playing the way you want to play. So I think it's going to be great for, for you guys and no doubt yourself. I know you like coming up against the best of the best and you're going to have to you know deal with trying to stop track and, and Clary. So um, good luck to that, mate. Yeah, I know. I'm looking forward to it. Do you preview early in the week or do you leave that late or? Pretty early. We like previewed them today. So had a look at their, well, the oppo review sort of was today. Um, so yeah, pretty early in the week compared to what we sort of used to do with the doggies. But, um, mm. yeah, obviously everyone really knows, well, Brisbane played against Melbourne three times, I think last year. So, um, everyone knows how they play. They haven't changed a lot. Uh, they've obviously got some new personnel. Um, obviously Brody and, and Hunts is there as well from the dogs. Mm. So, uh, yeah, they've got some good ins and obviously, as I mentioned, there's a few coming back from injury as well. So we're going to have our hands full, but. The mindset moving into it will just be to play footy and, and hopefully beat him at the source and then the rest will take care of itself. I think um, if we get our forwards firing, then hopefully we can uh, kick some goals and, and put a score on the scoreboard that's going to be challenging uh, in the end. And obviously first home game for you guys, which we spoke about SA advantage. It's definitely a fortress up there when when uh, non-Queensland-based teams go to play at the Gabba. Um, geez, you must be excited for that. <laughs> Yeah, I am. I'm pumped. I can't wait to be on the home team, mate. We we played up here last year, and there was not a sound in the in the crowd for us. Really, you hear a couple of fans, Bulldogs fans, up here. But now I'm looking forward to playing for the home side in Brisbane, and obviously my, my first home game too. So really pumped and get a, get a couple of. Uh, I think mum and dad might be coming up. So and my uncle and a few others might be there too. So it'll be um, pretty cool to play at home. No doubt, half a Yarram will um will probably venture up there and. <laughs> Merle might be there. You might have everyone up there. Yeah, imagine that. Get a busload up here. That'd be nice. <laughs> they should. I mean, we we uh, I know when we played our home games, or when we played in Victoria, 
um, let alone our home games, you always had half a Yarram there supporting us, well, obviously, when you're at the Bulldogs. <laughs> so I can imagine uh, what it's going to be like for your first game for a new footy club. It's going to be exciting. You'll have everyone sleeping at your house. Yeah. <laughs> everyone wants to stay here, mate. Got to keep them out. <laughs> Yeah, but now, do you have any too. do you have any tips Do you have any tips for sort of younger people out there that listen may listen to our podcast? Um, how to bounce back after a week that might not be so good? Oh yeah, I think each individual is obviously different, and you you'd obviously have your ways, and I've had my ways. But um, you know, I try not to change too much from week to week. Um, the priority probably is first. You obviously got to look after the body, but in terms of um. You know, reviewing what's been a, a challenging week. I think you just got to take it all, I guess, in your stride. And the way that we do is, you know, on the Monday we have pretty pretty stern talks with, um, you know, our line coaches and and you know, as I said, Bevo Bevo touched on what went, you know, what or what went wrong, but what we can improve on. Um, and and I think that's you know taking that on in your stride, and you know that that comes with time because when you're young, and again, you would have experienced this too. When you're young, it's hard to not think that your coach is having a go at you or doesn't like you or for something that you've done wrong, you know, whether it's, you know, you know, not winning a contest or not running back defensively or whatever it may be. But as you get older, you start to learn that, you know, they're there to help you as much as anything. And and I think it's taking that that on early in the week and then having the opportunity to practice that. So our main session obviously is next week. And um, as I touched on earlier, we, we definitely didn't kick the ball well. So no doubt tomorrow's session um, – you know, I'm, I'm anticipating it for it to be something that um, we'll focus on our ball use, especially from um, from the back half. So, you know, I think that side of things, I think, um, you know, going to school on what you need to work on individually is important as well. And, and as I said, most of the time, you're probably going to be your own harshest critic. Um, so, you know, for me, I want to be able to, you know, hold the footy a little bit longer and um, you know, draw, I guess, opposition to me and, and for me to be able to bring my teammates into it. So, you know, how I practice that, you know, whether that's, you know, with my line coach or you're not there anymore. So I might have to, um, you know, go lean on one of the guys that's um, coming through the the VFL or, or a guy like Robbie McComb who's, you know, on the fringe of playing ones who um, is a similar position to me. So, yeah, probably things um, like that. What about yourself? Obviously, as you said, been a tough week for you, and there's obviously individual things that you want to do. And as a team, what what um, you know, what tips would you have? Yeah, I think it's it's pretty tough when you obviously individually and as a collective you don't play well. I like what you said when you touched on um, you sort of back in the work that you, you've been doing and that you're going to do throughout the week. Uh, so you don't want to change too much. And for me personally, I wouldn't change a lot either. I know that I do certain things on certain days that are fine-tuning um, my growth areas and then also my strengths as well. So you sort of just got to keep doing the work and back in that you know things will turn um, eventually. So, yeah, I think for me it's more that and looking at the positives. Uh, I know that you know even though it is a it was a pretty average game, it's, there's still things in the game that you did well, uh, might have been – you know, sliding back to help out the backs or um, putting pressure on or getting getting over to help a teammate out number, things like that. Like there's always positives to find within games. So try not to get yourself too wound up and, and negative in the mind, um, more focus on the positives and, and look forward to, to the next week. I think that's really important. What's your view on watching vision? Like how much vision do you watch? Because you hear, you hear NBA players and NFL players, especially NBA players, 
always say the amount of film they're watching and and this and that. Mm. And I'm always thinking in my head, there's only so much film you can watch. Um, are you one to, well, especially after a loss as well or, or a tough loss, are you one to watch heaps of vision or do you watch heaps of vision or like watch the opposition or yourself? What, what, what What's your go? Yeah, I'll watch myself back. Like I, we can get it on our phone now. It's pretty simple. Like you just go on the app and you can sort of see your stat line. But mm. um, I do like to watch back, you know, certain moments. So with a coach, um, Cam Bruce is our mid coach. So I'll go and sit down with him. Uh, same with the forward coach. Um, so, yeah, little things like that that you can sort of look back on the game and and discuss areas that you can improve. And I really like doing that. I'll probably do that most days. Um, and then leading into the the team that we're playing, similar thing, like you want to know who you're playing against, know your opponent really well. So, yeah, it is, it is prob- it's probably a little bit less than NBA, NFL. Like you mm. see them on the mm. bench all the time with their the iPads and stuff and they've always got it out and – uh, yeah, I don't think we, we do that as much, but I feel like the game is evolving to that point where we actually can start to do those things because I remember last year, like at halftime on the weekend, I think at halftime we were watching a clip in the rooms and mm. it's just great to have that technology and, and live feedback at the time. Yeah, I think the live feedback is extremely important, especially when it comes to structures and if we're losing at center bounce, like we made an adjustment, one of our, I think at halftime, we made an adjustment to how we were, how we were positioning ourselves at center bounce because we needed mm. to, but... Yeah, like I'm, I've never really been one. Like early days I was, but I think as you get a bit older, you you know so much about the opposition. You know you know what foot they like to kick, um, how they move from yep. stoppage, that it's kind of just in your mind. So it was an interesting one I wanted to know, especially especially after a tough week. Like do you go overboard and and watch vision? But you made a good point before about not trying to change too much because obviously you've put in that much work to get to where you are and – and whatnot. You don't. You don't need. You don't need to reinvent the wheel, as you'd say, just after one one loss. Yeah, and I think everyone can. Like round one can be blown up to be. Yeah. You know, <laughs> the week before finals, so it's like you can't really look into yep. into it too much. I mean, it's one game out of twenty three. I think we're playing this year, and then um, hopefully finals as well. So, yeah, it's one that obviously we're both disappointed in, and as a collective, mm. um, individually, you you dominated. I didn't, but. Uh, looking forward to to moving on, mate. But and did any other teams surprise you this week? No, I obviously watch. I always watch Collingwood closely because I've got um, great teammates out there. And, and I've got to mention Howie. I want to send him all our love. Both of us send Howie yes. our love because obviously a uh, a terrible injury. Um, yeah, so sending him our love. Um, he was very popular with his podcast he did with us last year. So um, we'll we'll have to he get was. him on once he's <laughs> up and firing. But no, I watched them closely and, and geez, they were so good, so good to watch. Um, I think, not that they surprised me, but, you know, I wanted to, uh, you know, just see how they went. Obviously, there was no expectation on the Pies last year and then obviously there was a bit of ex- expectation going into round one and geez, did they impress. So, yeah. um, they're one that I watched closely and they were great to watch. Um, you know, I think the teams like, you know, I know you had – hate to hear it, but Port Adelaide, I think they are one that I was very keen on seeing how they went. Um, obviously, there's been a bit of pressure on them, extremely impressive. St. Kilda is another one. Um, you like to see those teams that, you know, haven't really been, you know, pushing for finals but are there now, well, uh, uh, are there, are putting themselves in a position to be there, see how they go. And and those are the two teams that impressed me. Um, you know, I think also – I like to look at teams like Sydney as well, who were there last year to see how they bounce back. And again, 
they were extremely impressive. Um, mm. And I think before you you mentioned who who was impressive to you, players that impressed me, and I know you'll say this kid, um, Harry Harry Sheasel from North Melbourne. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, he was whoa, unreal. Well, North, unreal. North, North, they look great, North Melbourne. Mm. They um, mm. he, he dominated that Sheasel. He's, he's going to be some kind of player. Uh, he's down 18. the track, or he's, or he's already he's he already showed on the weekend what he's capable of, and I think he's going to be a superstar of the future. But yeah, for me, it was it was uh, it was North. Um, I watched the Saints game on the Sunday. I watched a bit of your game. Uh, Melbourne looked good. Obviously, the yeah one of the teams that will be up there. So yeah, the Saints this week will be uh, another tough one for you boys, and obviously we got the D's. So looking forward to that. Before we go on, I, I got to also mention Essendon. I think to me they played a little bit different um, to how you know we may have played against them. They looked obviously a little bit more aggressive with the ball, and um, mm. they were really taking it on. And um, you know they they were getting it into inside fifty to their forwards one on one, which is you know not necessarily well I, from what I seen last season. They definitely weren't doing that, so it was clearly more direct, and they looked really good as well. So and I and I think that. Um, you know, whether that's or would be, would be obviously Brad Scott coming in, bringing a new, um, I guess, a new lease on life and, and an expectation. So they looked really good as well. Yeah, they were good. They were very impressive. And the Hawks kicked the first few goals, didn't they? And then they, oh, no. the, oh, no. the Bombers turned yeah, it on. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking, well, they, they look really good, Hawks. And then obviously Essendon turned it on. And yeah, there were great moments. But as you said, as you said, round one, uh, people can, uh, can re- really, uh, yeah, Read into make it. Uh, some funny decisions based off round one. <laughs> Always a case, always a case. Yeah, it's always but a case. in saying that, in saying that, I do think that as a team, you want to you want to win round one. Like that's yeah. nice. It's always nice to win that game because it sort of gets you going for the year. But if you don't, I don't feel like it's it's too much of a big deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about the uh, the first game of the season, the draw? What's your thoughts on that? Because there's been a bit of talk about um, you know going to overtime and playing minutes or just having a draw. What's your What's your opinion? I personally think a draw is a draw. Like you get two points. Like I feel like if we were to play another whatever it was, five, ten minutes, like everyone's knackered in a mm. draw. I don't know if anyone could go much further. But then you talk about the tactical sub these days and how that could be used and certain things might might change. So personally I'd I think just leave it as it is, but we're all for change and we're all we do it all the time. So what do you think? Oh well, yeah, we do. No, I think I'm the same as you. I'm uh, I'm old school. I think it should stay the same. I think it adds to, you know, later on in the season, the excitement of ladder positionings and, and whatnot. Um, clearly, you get two points if you draw. So, it's not like you're getting nothing. What happens What happens in finals if, if we it's draw? A, I think it's five minutes extra time for two quarters, two halves, essentially. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, because I go. think the last final that was drawn, I could be wrong. Maybe we need to add a trivia segment, but I know I'd win that. Um, <laughs> I could be wrong, but I think it was West Coast Port Adelaide over in Adelaide 2017. When um, do you remember when oh, yeah. went? To, yeah, Luke Shuey got that um, high tackle and kicked the goal after the siren. I've played in one draw, Adelaide Collingwood 217. We're up by 52 points, and Adelaide came 52 back. 52 points. Adelaide came back and um, Mitch McGovern took a mark, three seconds to go, took an absolute ripper, absolute ripper, um, and kicked the goal after the siren to draw. 
Yeah, we're up by about wow. 52. Yeah, it's one of the biggest comebacks. How were you feeling after the game? Oh, how do you think I was feeling, mate? I was bouncing off the walls. <laughs> <laughs> I was. Oh, I was shocked. You I just couldn't believe it. I was filthy as, mate. I um, yeah, as as you could imagine, being and you know what they obviously went and went and made the grand final that year. So we knew that they were a good side, and to be fifty-two points up, oh. yeah. Have you yeah, played one? Good. Nah, I haven't. I haven't played in one. Knock on wood. I've Knock been. On wood. Yeah, I've been. Uh, I think. Well, the closest one was probably a semi-final against Brizzy a couple of years ago. But oh, yep, yep. Was that the closest? Yeah, I reckon that was the yeah, closest was one game point we've played in. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. obviously that so, was so, a bit of a different feeling. Oh, mate! So we're all um, we're all supporting the uh, no no overtime, which I think most people would be the same. Yeah, I just think leave it as as it is. I I seen something today actually. It's a good point I wanted to bring up from um from Scotty Pendlebury just before I say it. Heck, he's so good. <laughs> he's so good. <laughs> he's so good. He is so, so good. good. It's just insane. The fact that I was able to play with him. Um, but anyway, I, I heard him make a point today about a sin bin. Sin bin in the AFL. Yeah. What do you reckon? I, I don't mind the idea. <laughs> I don't mind it. Because, well, if, you, if we're trying to, you know, stamp out or mark out the bump and mm. make sure that it doesn't happen, then mm. the team that it's is just all the players obviously deciding to make the bump, but the team, it's actually going to be affected after that player yeah. makes that decision. So I feel like then it puts it out in players' mind that maybe I shouldn't do that. So uh, it might be a yeah. good thing. I think it, it de- it's definitely an advantage to the other team. I don't mind it because I've seen how it's kind of worked in other sports. It clearly works in the NRL. The NRL use it. Um, I'm not sure about the rugby union because I don't really know the rugby union, but I'm pretty sure they would too. The soccer obviously have a red and a yellow card, um, mm. and as you said, I think not not necessarily stamping out the bump, but stamping out you know acts that might impact the player or seriously hurt the player. I think it could be something that we can consider. No doubt at all. Like I've got no doubt the AFL have seen that, and they would be thinking, "Wow, this could be something. Maybe we could trial this, you know, in a VFL game or whatever it may be. Like it'd be pretty crazy." How would you approach it if we're playing a 17 v 18? Like, how are you – what are you going to do? Like, it's pretty crazy. Pretty crazy to think about it. Thinking in real time right now what it would be like. Well, as a as a defensive team, as in the 17 team yeah, or the 18 the 17, team? Like, you're going to have to sacrifice a position. You're going to have to I, probably, obviously sacrifice a forward, but, like, yeah. it would be pretty crazy. It would be nuts because mm, there would be space somewhere on the ground that you just couldn't cover. Yeah, I know, I know. But no doubt there's going to get some traction. I reckon there will be some traction. Now, nah, moving on, mate. We'll move on now. We'll go to the um, – cross the ditch over in in the NFL and NBA. How's how's oh, all the trades going down? Like, it's pretty crazy. Almost coming to an end, the week's worth, but there's obviously been free agents getting signed. Um, Dalton Schultz today was signed from Dallas to uh, to the Texans, which uh, I made a joke today to one of my mates that he's a tight end, but in, he's now going to be the – Wide receiver one, the tight end one, and the running back one because uh, they <laughs> literally have no one, Houston Texans. But um, it's going to be interesting to see. They also signed Devin Singletary today, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, well, he's been to a few now, hasn't he? Yeah. Yep. Yep. He, he always gets moved around. Damien Harris, another one. He got moved to um, to the Bills. There goes his career, Damien Harris. Because, you know, if you're a running back in Denver uh, – sorry, in uh, in Buffalo, you actually – 
you're almost irrelevant because uh, Josh Allen runs the ball that much. And and they've got wide receivers everywhere. Oh. So, like, they just don't even – they just throw the ball or Josh Allen rushes it. So, you might as oh. well not even be there. And I, I just can't believe the amount of money that is just getting thrown around. You know what's cool? I think the way how – well, I don't know if it happens these days with the AFL, but guys are, like, changing their contracts so they can get good players in. Is that something – Something you'd well and truly do? Oh, yeah. Personally, yeah. If, so, if it was to help get yeah, someone so, to the footy club. Say you sign a, a a lifetime deal, as a lot of 25, 26-year-olds plan to do, and in the first or second year they come to you and say, oh, can you sacrifice a little bit to bring in a teammate, something that – or to bring in someone else who's going to help us. It's definitely something you consider. Oh, you consider it, yeah, for sure. Mm. If it's going to help you – have that success, I would consider it, definitely. You? I know you would. I know you would as an individual. Oh, absolutely, mate. I think as you get older, as you as we've said before, the priorities clearly change. And the only reason I'm playing the game is obviously for my family and friends, but I just want to win. Mm. And if that's going to mm. bring in uh, – if that's going to help with other people come in, well and truly, well and truly. It's crazy. It's crazy what I was going to say, the amount of money that gets thrown around regardless of the age – Adam, as I was about to say, Adam Thielen, he's 30, I think he's 35 or 36, and he signed like a three-year deal, 20 million. It's just ridiculous. Who was that kicker? Who was the kicker that signed oh, like yeah, the four-year deal? I think it was a four yeah. years, 21 million, a kicker. 21. Who could potentially in games not even come on. What's your thoughts on Dylan Brooks from Memphis? Do you have an opinion <laughs> on him at all or Memphis in yeah. general? It's so funny. We're going to talk about the NBA soon, but we might as well talk about it now. Um, I, to be honest, I can't really stand him. <laughs> Neither can I. But did you see today? So he's obviously finished the game against Dallas. Did you see oh, him and Kyrie? To, yes, he tried to give him his jersey. Kyrie didn't take it. <laughs> oh, wow. You'd be filthy. You'd be absolutely filthy, wouldn't you? That's a bit of a... Chick in the armor, I reckon that's uh, you're not you're a bit worried now about it. Like, how you going after that, Kyrie oh. superstar? Yeah, but don't you reckon he like you don't think that he knows, or do you reckon that's just obviously the way NBA and NFL players are? Like, surely he knows he's kind of like the villain to most people. You'd think so. Like, if he's gonna, well, everyone talks about him now, and Draymond and all the Golden State Warriors hate him. But yeah, well, did you see Clay? Yeah, counting. When he was going doing the four, man, I two, wish I could do three, that. I four. wish I could flex and do that. You know, you could do that. No, I couldn't. Yeah, you could do the one. You could do the one. <laughs> if anyone's I would uh, never. giving it to you. No, I know you wouldn't. But you could. Jordan Lewis, remember when Jordan Lewis did it? No, I don't. When did he do that? Jordan, when he was, uh, it might have been his last couple of years at Hawthorne or maybe he was at Melbourne at this stage. But, um, yeah, he... Uh, Someone must have been giving it to him, an opposition player, and he's gone. He's done the old Dylan Brooks. Well, Dylan, you'd say Dylan <laughs> Brooks has Dylan Brooks has done the old Jordan Lewis and just done the four fingers. Oh, mate, that yeah, is a flex and a half. And yeah. you know what? In my opinion, that is not being arrogant because it's not about you as an individual. Your team won four flags. So if you did this, Dunks, if anyone gives it to you, you literally could just go like that. I wish I could do that. Oh, I just couldn't <laughs> see myself doing it. I know you couldn't. I haven't even won a flag in general. How many flags have you won as a um in your life? 
in my life. Junior, junior oh. footy and cricket, whatever you want to call it. Badminton, because I know you played badminton. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, nah, I'm going to say I'll just go with footy. I think we won under 12s, under 14s. I won under 16s. I won uh, a senior flag at 15 years old, and then the doggies won in 16. So there's a few. Wow. And here I have, haven't even won one. I've lost like six grand finals in my life. <laughs> I can't oh, flex on you. Yeah, mate. <laughs> hope so. I, I freaking hope so. But no, we obviously uh, we love touching on our NBA. Did you see Austin Reeves yesterday? I think it was. He's dominating ever since LeBron's gone out, mate. He's been mm-hmm. so good. I you feel like what? he's on just our... been waiting. Oh yeah, on uh, I, I knew. Oh, I didn't know. I laugh about this because. Uh, um, on Dabble, which uh, one of our, our great uh, producer Tommy Sheridan loves, he loves his Dabble. Um, oh yeah, I actually jumped on a Dabble with the Lakers, and it was um, Anthony Davis to have twenty five and ten, and obviously loaded straight into the game. Had a look at uh, the Lakers. I didn't see the box score, but I seen they were up. Oh, it was like one hundred and nine to one hundred and three, and I was like, oh, easy. Was, uh, Anthony Davis is easy going to have twenty and ten. Loaded straight in, he's had like fifteen and eight, and I'm like. Who's going off? Had a look straight away, Austin Reeves, 34, 6, and 6. And I was like, you're kidding. Of course. Of course he's done this when I've put the money on. Of course. But I was like, wow, oh. he's a gun. He's a fan favorite, that's for sure. Yeah, he's he's killing it at the Lakers. When, when is LeBron due back? Do you know that? He's more than likely going to miss the regular season. So do you reckon if he does come back in for the playoffs or play-in tournament, whatever they're in, um, will Austin Reeves take a back seat? Absolutely, come on, mate. You know what? Let's be, let's be but real. Like, I think but like a real, a, a real backseat, like yep. genuine. Think, just let LeBron do it all. Yeah, I think next game Austin Reeve comes out and has maybe ten points. You know what I'm interested to see is, I had this discussion the other day with one of my mates, um, and I personally think so. We were talking about the Lakers, right? We we're talking about all they need to do is make the playoffs, get LeBron back this and that, you know, they're going to be a chance to beat anybody. I personally think, and I'd love to know what you think, LeBron now doesn't have the ability to single-handedly drag his team over the line purely because I don't think he impacts the floor defensively like he used to. Sorry, there's my phone going off. Probably someone talking about that. Defensively like he used to, unless he's fully locked in. But from what I've seen, he hasn't been able to do that. So I don't think he has the ability to be able to do that anymore. I reckon he can get easy easy buckets, cheap buckets, but I don't think he does that now. I don't think he impacts the games like he, he used to be able to. Is that just no, me or I, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think now it's it's definitely more of a team, like the successful teams are team, yeah. like actual teams that win it rather than mm-hmm. individual players. Like even, even looking at... Um, Luca and Kyrie at the moment, like they've they've sort of they're two superstar players that are in the same team, and is it working for them? Are the others sort of is the depth chart really good? I think now that to win an NBA championship, you've got to have really good depth and really good teams around you. So I agree with you. I think LeBron's um, doesn't have that impact anymore. But yeah, that sort of brought me to the next point of Luca and Kyrie and. I'm interested to know if – I'm interested to see, like, because I think they'll make the play in the Lakers, and then I reckon mm. we'll see 
obviously LeBron will find his way back because I know he, I know after last year's playoffs, during the playoffs, he was tweeting about, uh, he, he made this tweet. I don't even remember what it was, but it was like a tweet saying, uh, hey, I don't know, it was like, I'll be back or something like that. Watch out, I'll be back. And all year I've been thinking, I honestly been thinking back to that tweet, like it's going to be pretty funny if he actually doesn't make the playoffs because then what is he going to say? So I'm, I'm interested to see if he actually makes it and he actually, if he actually has that um, impact, which I think he will. Like I think he will, but I don't think he has that pull. Say like a Giannis does on Milwaukee. If Giannis is mm. out, there's a distinct difference in how Milwaukee play versus when Giannis is on. Joel Embiid is the same. You know, I think – um, Luka Doncic is the same to some certain degree. They're just not finding it. He's not. It's just not working with Kyrie at the moment. Um, but yeah, I think LeBron doesn't have that anymore. I'd love to. I'd love to see what um, the general person would think. No doubt, there's probably going to be an influx of LeBron fans uh, uh, messaging in saying he definitely has that pull, this and that. But it'd be interesting to see the Australians over in over in the NBA are playing some good basketball. Obviously, headed by Josh Giddy, who's just a freak, absolute freak. Um, Josh Green at, at Dallas is unbelievable as well. He's been incredible. Um, I just want our man Ben Simmons to go back to being Fire Ben up. Simmons. Mm. You know, I'm still very optimistic that he will. I think he can't lose his ability overnight, especially his defensive prowess. It's the reason why he was a top 15, 20 player in the league is because defensively he was unbelievable. Yeah. I don't know if it's like maybe it's – it's oh, it probably is all mental, but for me – I feel like someone's got to help him. Someone's just got to help him be who he wants to be and and get back to that, yeah, the Ben Simmons that we all know that dominated, mm. mate. He dominated. But now nah, moving on, mate, we're, ne- we're nearly wrapping up. So we'll uh, we'll just go on to round two preview. We sort of touched on it a little bit at the top. Um, but what are you expecting, obviously, after a loss? Um, how's the team going to bounce back? Uh, obviously, the Saints, you're playing against the Saints on Saturday night. Um, they played a really good game against the Freo Dockers. Are you going to survive the the Ross Lyon defensive plan? Like he's been so good for so many years, and then we all know what kind of coach he is. Like, is mm. how are you going to go about it? Officially, our first home game, so it's exciting that we get to mm. play at Marvel, and we always get um, a good turnout there. So, really excited about that. Um, <clears throat> and well, yeah, obviously watched a bit of the Saint, bit of the Saints boys on on the weekend. Looked, um, took a keen interest on uh, Big Zeusy. Big Zane Cordy, who's uh, yeah. obviously one of our ex-teammates. It's funny watching him run around in the St. Kilda uniform. Um, kicked a nice goal at the end of the game, which is good. But um, He did. He did. He did. It was a good goal. I didn't think he was going to make the distance, but he did. Um, but no, I uh, I took a really good interest in in how they played and um, you know, obviously touched on the defensive side that Ross brings and how they play. That was clearly evident. Um, you know, that, I think they kept Frio to... I think it was like sixty points or whatever it was. It was very low, and um, and I, and I think what what impressed me the most is the way they were able to move the footy, and um, you know they ran really hard for each other, and um, you know we're definitely going to have to have our running shoes on, you know, it being a fast track at Marvel, but also the way that obviously the Saints wanted to play. So it's an exciting one. I think um, you know I think we're going to be well well prepared, and um, as I said. Before we uh, we know where we want to improve, and um, you know the last couple of times we've played against the Saints, we've been able to have their measure. So no doubt they're going to come out and you know be fired up and want to um, <clears throat> you know want to rectify that those past games and um, you know want to bring their best against us. So uh, yeah, we're going to be um, you know up for the battle. They've got some great players across 
all lines. Um, you know, we'll, we'll have a good um, preview on them tomorrow and, you know, on the Captain Runs Day. But, um, yeah, really looking forward to the contest. Really looking forward to it. And no doubt you'll be watching as well. Um, so, yeah, really keen. What about you? Well, we touched on the Demons before, obviously, but you've played them yeah. um, quite a bit. And there's a little bit of a rivalry there between you guys because um, you guys have played quite a bit. What's uh, What are you thinking? Yeah. Well, there is. I was thinking back to last year, there was a couple of fiery clashes between um, the Ds and the Lions. So to be a part of that now is cool. I think we, at, at the Dogs, we always had a bit of a rivalry rivalry with them anyway. So for me, it's not going to change too much. But I feel like the, yeah, as I touched on at the, at the start, I think um, the, their running ability and they've obviously picked up Hans, who, who we all know can can cover some ground and Langdon's on the other wing. So we're going to have to really stop their running ability and um, work hard to help our defenders out because they've got the big key forwards and same down the other end. So uh, it's going to be a massive challenge for us. I feel like we're we're ready for it. We've had a good week on the track and really reviewed the game uh, last week that was very disappointing and looking forward to rectifying sort of things that we didn't do so well against Port and um, looking forward to the, the first home game for this year in, in Brizzy. So exciting times, mate, and obviously another round to – to kick start, which is good. I'll be taking a, uh, a keen interest on that one. I uh, am very excited to see because obviously once our games are done this week, we've got an exciting matchup next week. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how we go. Yeah. And then uh, the round three matchup. That'll be, which uh, we'll touch that'll be on good, won't it? It will be. It will be. <laughs> one thing I want to do, one thing before we uh, before we say our goodbyes is we're going to make sure we fit in some um, some questions on the show from some of our listeners and and viewers, because we get some great questions asked, um, and yeah, I'd love to be able to answer back. And I know uh, when it becomes when it comes between you and me doing who does the the homework and the work, I know you're the man, not me. I'll just rock <laughs> up and uh, take twenty hours to set up my camera and then uh, start talking. So um, we'll make yeah, sure we uh, we get some questions <laughs> answered. Maybe we'll just say it now. Everyone can uh, can send it into Oz American Aces on Instagram. Um, yeah, comment on the. YouTubes and stuff like that. So um, feel free to send us in any questions that you might have and we'll hopefully get them on the show next week or in the coming weeks. But, yeah, thanks, Sadzi, for another ep, mate. Looking forward to obviously doing some more, but another one ticked off. And, um, yeah, thanks, everyone, for listening to the second episode of the Ads and Dunks podcast um, brought to you by Oz American Aces. Uh, if, you haven't, if you haven't already done so, please subscribe to Oz American Aces on all social media channels. Uh, don't miss a single thing when it comes to the Ads and Dunks podcast. Thanks again, and we look forward to seeing you all next week. Thanks, Adzi. Thanks, mate. <laughs>